1: This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network. Available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: It's Monday, August 8th. I'm Oscar Ramirez in Los Angeles, and this is The Daily Dive. Senate Democrats have passed the Inflation Reduction Act with a 51 to 50 vote. Vice President Kamala Harris cast a tie-breaking vote. Democrats say the bill will combat climate change, reduce healthcare costs, reduce the deficit, and raise taxes on big corporations. The bill now moves on to the House before it hits Biden's desk, but the bill also delivers another big win for the president. Despite some wins, however, polls still show that Americans are worried about the economy and Biden's approvals remain low. Julia Manchester, national political reporter at The Hill, joins us for what to know. Next, some streaming stars are learning the hard way what the price of online fame can be. Stars on the video game streaming platform Twitch invite viewers into their homes to hang out, interact with fans, and they can gain big followings pretty quickly. But they also have to deal with stalkers and harassment. While it's not new that celebrities have had to deal with these difficulties from fans, the intimacy that the streaming platform allows for just amps it up. Kellen Browning, tech reporter at The New York Times, joins us for how content creators and streamers are now hoping that platforms put a greater emphasis on personal security. It's news without the noise. Let's dive in.
1: The yeas are 50, the nays are 50, the Senate being equally divided, the vice president votes in the affirmative, and the bill, as amended, is passed.
0: Joining us now is Julia Manchester, national political reporter at The Hill. Thanks for joining us, Julia. Thank
1: you for having me.
0: Well, the Senate has been working all weekend to advance the inflation reduction. At at least the Senate Democrats have been hoping to advance that. This is going to be passed through the budget reconciliation, which allows Senate Democrats to pass this with 50 votes and Vice President Kamala Harris uh, helping out with that final vote there. When uh, all this is done, it goes to the House and it goes to President Biden for final passage. So, uh, Julia, tell us a little bit about what's in this bill, what uh, it's going to do and uh, just kind of all the back and forth that's been going on in the Senate on this.
1: This bill is a huge, a huge win for President Biden and Democrats. I mean, you had Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema, two moderate or conservative Democratic senators, who have really done a lot to, in a way, puncture President Biden's agenda, particularly the parts of his agenda that have to deal with, you know, progressive priorities such as climate change, for example. And that is included in this piece of legislation. You have more uh, going towards clean energy and such. Um, it also addresses another number of other areas such as health care and, um, you know, prescription drug costs. So it, it checks off a lot of boxes for Democrats, particularly progressives. We know that Senator Sanders um, has essentially, Bernie Sanders has essentially called this lukewarm. And of course it is if you're, you're someone as far to the left as Bernie Sanders is, because, you know, you have to also get the mansions and the cinemas to get all of the 50 Democrats in the Senate on board with this. But a big win for Biden, because we know that his last, Major legislative win was that bipartisan gun safety act was that was passed after the Uvalde school shooting. However, that didn't necessarily even touch the economics of all of this. Um, we know that Build Back Better, for example, uh, was effectively dead in the Senate after Manchin announced last December he wasn't supporting that. So this is big for the Biden administration in that it addresses the economy, and that's been a major weak point of the administration. And it happens to be a top issue for the majority of voters.
0: And, you know, Republicans, they still oppose this whole thing, uh, mostly on the some of the tax increases that are going to be coming on large corporations, um, not really individuals, but uh, bigger uh, corporations is where the taxes really uh, are coming from. That's where the, the bill raises most of its money. And they say it's going to make inflation worse.
1: They say it's going to be make inflation worse because. They argue that taxing the biggest parts of the economy, whether that's uh, large corporations or the wealthiest of Americans, um, you know, that's going to make inflation worse because they're looking at a top down, trickle down economic approach. Um, there's also a concern that it's, um, you know, from Republicans and fiscal conservatives that it's injecting so much money into the economy that it's going to continue to make uh Inflation worse, so that's been you know kind of goes back to their original criticism of the American Rescue Plan. So you'll continue to hear them uh, voicing their you know concern with the, the their concerns, their them going against it. You're definitely going to hear that in the House. But at the end of the day, big win for progressives
0: president biden has now tested negative for covid 19 he's ending isolation he left the white house i think i heard something some 18 days is what he spent at the white house so he's uh free and clear there and and when you were uh, talking a little bit about uh, how this is a big win for biden and his administration there was a couple write-ups out there were saying well you know it took biden really stepping away from the whole process letting the senate do its work letting everybody compromise do whatever they needed to do without more pressure from him. Uh, and as we know, he's, he comes from the Senate. That's where he uh, uh, really is very comfortable in. And, and, and he really just had to step away from everything so it can all happen for him.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, look, when Biden was running for president, I think he um, in part ran on this idea of, look, I've worked with people like Mitch McConnell, but, you know, he knows Congress well because he served in the Senate. And that was a big selling point that he knew how to negotiate with these guys. However, when Biden was in the Senate well over 10 years ago, um, it was a different environment. Um, You saw that the polarization in the country let alone on capitol hill was not nearly to the point that it is now so you saw a lot more deal making and deal making being being more of a fluid process so i think the president very much was in for a rude awakening when he um you started his term but the white you know i think the biden administration and the white house have also said you know th- th- um i think um corinne john pierre the white house press secretary said yesterday that you know they're not looking for a quote unquote quote sugar high they're looking for you know the, they're playing the long game so you know i think according to them they are going through these um, you know battles and kind of rough periods but they think that there's going to be a longer term payoff and i think that's what you saw that with the inflation reduction act now um you know how the effect that the inflation reduction act has on the economy we'll have to see but you know the, they kind of are going on this wait and see approach
0: and who knows if all these positive Positives and wins will actually stick. There was an ABC News Ipsos poll that just came out. They said 69% of Americans think the economy is getting worse. And we've all heard the recession talk. You know, so despite the improvement in gas prices and a couple other things here and there, Biden's overall approval rating remains low. So we'll see if it really makes a dent in any of that even. Uh, I did want to move ahead looking ahead to camp, the campaign game. Uh, a lot of eyes on Florida Governor Ron DeSantis as he continues to grow His profile ahead of 2024, possibly running there, and he's dipping into some of these culture wars that we're hearing a lot about this one, the latest thing on abortion. Uh, So he suspended a Tampa area state attorney who said that he wouldn't prosecute those who would seek out or provide abortions.
1: He did. He did. And this was a major, I think, political move for Ron DeSantis. Look, his team was really hyping up this announcement. We didn't know what this announcement was going to be initially. I mean, there was a lot of questions as to whether it was him announcing he was running for president, despite the fact he'd released his first gubernatorial reelection ad the day before. But his office saying before the announcement it was state business related and it was. But look, I mean, they hyped it up because... He is trying to play this culture war uh, battle and you've seen other Republicans do Republican governors do that, whether it's Greg Abbott in Texas, Glenn Youngkin in Virginia, for example, Kristi Noem in uh, South Dakota. The culture war is huge for the Republican base, particularly on issues like, um, you know, material that's taught in classrooms, education and, of course, um, Uh, abortion. And you've seen uh, Ron DeSantis really going hard on both of those issues. Remember, this is the governor that took on Disney and essentially signed legislation that took away Walt Disney World's self-governing status in Osceola and Orange Counties in Central Florida. So this is a person who leans big into the culture wars and he's also someone who's very much trying to grow his 2024 profile. Look, um, a lot of polls show him closing the gap with Donald Trump. He is considered we're seeing him more considered a viable alternative to the former president. He has a very similar approach and style to the former president, but he is younger. He is a new generation. And, you know, he's sort of seen as a breath of fresh air. And I think this is a way for him to really, um, you know, drill into that on the conservative side.
0: Julia Manchester, national political reporter at The Hill. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you.
2: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. She had to call the police. She barricaded herself inside her house. She has previously dealt with stalkers, so she had taken some measures to be safe in terms of uh, protection for herself. But she said it was scary and not something that obviously she wants to deal with again.
0: Joining us now is Kellen Browning tech reporter at the New York Times. Thanks for joining us, Kellen.
2: Thanks for having me on.
0: Let's talk about an interesting story you wrote up. So we know that stars and, uh, you know, actors and singers, all that, you know, there's always kind of a price to pay for fame. You know, people always want to be around them, taking pictures, paparazzi, the whole nine, right? Those are more traditional stars, let's say. But when it comes to the world of streaming and kind of gaining this online fame, a lot of times overnight, sometimes people become stars in and of themselves. There's a a price to pay for that as well. You know, what happens when people show up to your home? What happens when people start doxing you and getting your information out online. And for a lot of these stars on the streaming platform Twitch, they're finding some difficulties in all this. Um, So we'll get into a lot of this. You have a lot of different examples of people going on, but let's start by talking uh, about Caitlin Siragusa. She's a Twitch streamer. Recently, she just had somebody stalking her, show up to her house and basically try to get in there. So let's start off with that example. And then we'll kind of talk about this whole uh, notion right here.
2: So as you mentioned, Caitlin, she um, is one of the top streamers on Twitch. She has over 5 million followers. As you say, that comes with, you know, a lot of positives and you can make money and be famous, but uh, there are negatives as well. So like you say, one of those problems is the harassment and stalking that comes with it. In in this case, uh, there was a man that she said came from Estonia to find her outside her um, at her house outside of Houston just to try to stalk her essentially. And he was obsessed with her um she's dealt with other stalkers in the past that say that they are somehow in love with her or think that they know her and that's one of these issues that some of these live streaming stars say they have on Twitch is that people really feel like they know them even though they don't in real life and so they in some cases grow obsessed and want to find uh, the streamer in real life and that's what she had to deal with here she had to call the police she barricaded herself inside her house she has previously dealt with stalker. So she had taken some measures to be safe in terms of uh, protection for herself. But she said it was scary and not something mm-hmm. that obviously she wants to deal with again.
0: And obviously in the world we live in now of everything is online. And the added weirdness was that this guy is there at her house stalking her, but he's also live streaming it himself. And, you know, he's saying, I'm "I'm sorry it took so long to get here. It was a hell of a challenge, but I'm here now. You know, how how ominous and scary does that sound as he live streams it? uh, Who knows what would have happened if she would have made it to the door and all that. So, yeah, so you're right. You know, this is kind of what's happening to a lot of people. And, uh, you know, part of the thing is, too, is that you know, when you do kind of get some fame very quickly in these online worlds, you're not going necessarily the traditional route. You might not have taken some of those steps to protect your privacy. And, you know, a lot of times with these Twitch streamers as well, you're broadcasting right into a bedroom or another room in the house. And, you know, eagle-eyed watchers will take any clue, anything to know, to kind of figure out where you could be. And and that's, and that's a problem posed by a lot of what's going on online right now.
2: You hit on exactly that, the idea that, Many of these live streamers started as amateurs. They gained fame overnight and they never really expected that a view outside their window or some casual reference to somewhere they like to go for fun nearby them could eventually be used to expose them or reveal their location to someone that wants to find them. And I think that is one of the biggest issues here is that uh, these streamers feel like they are often unprepared for what is coming because they maybe didn't conceal their personal um, information beforehand. They maybe in some cases one of the women we spoke with for the story who just goes by Brandy, her first name, uh, she, you know, in the past when she was less famous, she was giving out her full name to people. She was adding them on her private Facebook page. And she has also dealt with a stalker. And now she's much more private about it. But in some cases, it can be too late. Your address might be online somewhere and, and people then know where to find you.
0: You know, the trend right now with how people subscribe to the influencers they like, the streamers that they like, you know, the whole business model is based on having those intimate relationship with your followers. That's why things like OnlyFans have been so successful. That's why these Twitch streamers have been very successful. You get to hang out during a live stream. It really increases that sense of closeness and intimacy, really. And, you know, you spoke to some psychologists about what this is like. As I mentioned, this has been happening for a long time with traditional stars and all that. They call it parasocial relationship, where it's kind of this one-sided thing where, The fans are investing so much time in you and they know everything about you. You know, you're the star. You have no clue who these people are. It's very one sided. And they say that, you know, with this Twitch thing now, because you're doing the live stream, hanging out, getting to see some more intimate details. It's like a one and a half sided parasocial relationship now. There's that increased feeling of possession or ownership over whoever that star is.
2: Right. And and that has certainly some benefits. I mean, as, as some of the people we spoke to said, it can help fans you know, feel less lonely during a pandemic. It can form close bonds between viewers of a chat and maybe they, they become friends on their own. But like you say, and like we wrote about, there are also some drawbacks to that. There is this really strong feeling of closeness that happens with this so-called one-and-a-half-sided parasocial relationship uh, in that there's just a lot of interaction And you do think some of these fans start to feel like I have some right to know them in the real world or they like me or they love me or something like that. And it just gets to a point where it gets very creepy for some of these stars.
0: What has been the response of platforms like Twitch you know in response to things like this? I, I know there's been times where the content creators themselves have gone back to Twitch asking for some help and whatnot. It's kind of this unfortunate limbo where twitch can't really do too much. I mean they can't really release information of a supposed stalker unless law enforcement gets involved. Uh, you know so what what have what has their response been to some type these types of actions by uh, on behalf of their users?
2: Well, Twitch does have some incentive to want this close kind of relationship because they make money off of it, of course, I think that needs to be said, but yes, they do say that it's very important to them to keep their streamers safe from harm, but you're right, they sometimes are limited in what they can do. They often urge streamers to report credible threats to law enforcement and local police officers in, in those streamers areas, and they have their own law enforcement response team that helps with those kinds of uh, requests, but in some cases they're limited they they say that they've rolled out different tools to help block or ban or silence sort of unruly users online. But sometimes in the real world, it's a, it becomes a little bit difficult for them to intervene.
0: Yeah, even some of the Twitch streamers themselves have said, well, they teach us how to do uh, certain things, how to reach out to people, kind of create the brand, uh, grow the pages and whatnot. But they feel like this part of it, security and and, and privacy, they should play up a little bit more and, and really help new Creators on there, so this is kind of that stalker angle, right? And we know what's going on on a lot of these pages, right? They're very beautiful girls that are, you know, doing cosplay and streaming the video game playing and all that. And guys can fall in love and whatnot. It goes both ways. But another thing that happens too is the harassment and things that are called hate raids, where uh, people are just kind of being the worst kind of people to these content creators. And and you know, there's uh, a racial things going on. Uh, You know, this is the other side of it too.
2: Yeah, the hate is, uh, were a big issue for Twitch last year, something where streamers, especially black streamers, other streamers of color, said that they were being targeted with these bots that would come into their chats and spam the um, the chats with hateful, racist messages and just really made them feel, of course, uncomfortable and, and scared and concerned. And Twitch has said that it's done some things to address that to increase their its moderation and help against the bots. But a lot of streamers still feel like there's a lot of online harassment going on still, too. And, and in some cases, that escalates. Right. That's kind of what we were getting out of this story is how it escalates into the real world harassment and things like swatting, um, which we d- discussed in the story is uh, when law enforcement may show up at your home because a, a random viewer has your address and has falsely reported a crime occurring at your residence.
0: Yeah. And the big payoff for all those people is if you see the cops interrupt the live streamer or, or something like that, you know, at that point, the swatters have won. You know, they got what they wanted out of it. And, you know, this is all to say, right, this is kind of this new world of online streaming where people are making tons of money off of this. I mean, they're, they're doing these things as jobs. When you're talking about the first woman, uh, Caitlin, you know, she makes $120,000 a month on Twitch. She has other revenue streams where, you know, dependent on connecting with fans. But this is uh, the the part of it. You know, you need to really take those steps to to protect yourself because people can go crazy and take it too far.
2: One of the biggest takeaways here is just that the online world and what we would say maybe the real world or the physical world is are increasingly becoming closer together and and things that happen online affect what happens to you in person. Maybe you say something or reveal some detail on a Twitch stream and that feels very far apart and distinct from your real world, but it can have dangerous real world consequences. And Caitlin, who you mentioned, she said to me at one point, you know, this is just like any other job in person. You don't want to be harassed in the office and I'm doing my job here. I don't want to be harassed.
0: Kellen Browning, tech reporter at The New York Times. Thank you very much for joining us.
2: Thanks very much. Great talking to you.
1: This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A rested child is a happy child. Sleep Tight Stories is a weekly podcast that brings comfort and joy to families worldwide,